Welcome to the Forensic Cop Podcast. Everton 2, Liverpool 2. Now that was a Merseyside derby for the ages. Uh, sure. Or it was Thunderdome with a terrible refereeing. I can't tell which one. Um, yeah, it, it was a massively disappointing game in like every sense of the word. Um, I, I can tell you it, it brought me down. Even though, even though I felt like we played well, just everything that happened in the game brought me down. I know exactly what you mean. And I know it'll be hard for people listening to not believe when I say it has nothing to do with the fact that Liverpool is my team and we had a last minute winner chalked off. It's just that game just summed up everything that I don't like about football. Number one, no fans. Number two, last minute goal. No fans to celebrate. Number three, VAR decisions that are so pointless because they defeat the purpose of why VAR was introduced and they're not even correct. And number four, blatant assaults just being ignored because VAR doesn't allow for those plays to be reviewed for whatever reason. And and the one I'll add is it's also disappointing in that... Um, and and this happens sometimes, but there were two teams, one of which was clearly the aggressor, clearly pushing, clearly better. And, you know, it happens a lot, but they didn't get a fair shake. You know, it, uh, if if you didn't know the score at the end of the game, you would have thought Liverpool won just by the way the play was happening, who had the ball, everything like that. So all in all, it just was an underwhelming game. Um, so we are uh, recording this um, a couple days late because we wanted to get all of the information in on on what happened um, in terms of uh, the red cards and the injuries. And honestly, like that's even brought me further down. Like I was, I was down after the game and now I'm even further down. I'm like, I, I have a genuinely hard time, like understanding what, what the FA, like what, what's going on in, in premier league, what refereeing is, what a foul is like, none of this is making sense to me anymore. So, um, basically we know now that Van Dyke will be out for many months, possibly a year. Um, they're not releasing exactly how long, uh, Tiago will be. Uh, game time decision, but bank on him probably not being there uh, midweek, and and he might be given a rest just to protect him. Um, and we know that Pickford has gotten no subsequent um, uh, punishment for his red for his action. Let's say it wasn't a red card. My mistake. His action. It's unbelievable because I I can't even bring myself to watch that tackle. Well, we'll call it a tackle to watch that that play again because it's just complete recklessness even back in the days when Roy Keane was taking out players intentionally yes it wasn't it wasn't uh, uh, very finesse and it was very intentional but there was almost a beauty to his aggression where okay you can see what he's trying to do he's going for a tackle but he's trying to injure the player and I'm not condoning it but in a sense what Pickford did was more dangerous because it's like you know when you play um, rec league, right? And you're always looking at the opposition to see, okay, that person knows how to play. They'll they'll play with common sense because if, if I go in for a, a, a 50-50, they're smart enough to know if they can't get it, so they'll pull out. But you try to stay away from the players who are just playing the game for the, the first time because they're the most dangerous. And what Pickford did was just complete... I have no words, honestly. And I have a hard time watching it again. Because so... Just... 
Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I, I've watched it again uh, in preparation for this podcast, and I am infinitely more mad than I was when I saw it originally. Originally, it looked horrific, and it looked like the kind of thing that is an automatic red in several games. Um, I've I've rewatched it, and and not the horrific part of Van Dyke's knee bending or the fact that he's. I mean, in real life, that's assault, right? Like totally. you would you would think that you know if you assault someone on a soccer field, or then you would potentially get a card of some kind. But what what really makes me angry is he did not look at the ball. He saw the ball come in. He turned, looked only at Van Dyke and dove. So it was entirely intentional to attack the player. There was no play on the ball because you can't make a play on the ball if you're not even looking at the ball. And the fact that there's no subsequent um, punishment. I mean, after watching it now, I think he should have gotten the season and that's it. You took out the best defender in the world, and you you meant to do it. Like, there's no two ways about it. You know, and let's put all of that aside. Like, for the most of this podcast, I'll actually be talking as a football fan. Like, I'm putting my allegiances to Liverpool completely aside because I've actually had enough of football, to be honest with you. And this game, I think, was the final straw because it just confirmed for me that I can no longer invest myself emotionally in these games because I don't know what VAR is or isn't going to do. And it seems as if nobody knows what they're allowed to do or, or not to do, not not only in the game, but even retrospectively. The fact that he wasn't even told off in public by the FA. just It's, it's just complete... Uh, honestly, I, I mean, I don't understand because... If 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 he was going for a tackle and he, 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 he misjudged it, that's one, one thing. But what he did makes no sense on any level if you if you go for a tackle if you go for a tackle and don't look at the ball that's a red card and a suspension there shouldn't be a card like you if you're not looking at the ball you are trying to get the man right what else could you do you're not trying to miss the guy your feet especially with your feet granted goalkeepers are allowed a, a little bit of leeway and they are usually pretty reckless when they just come flying with their fists right but however that's how that's what they're trained to do and unfortunately sometimes you will hit somebody but i don't understand what he was trying to do but yep. because it's pickford and i've noticed i've, I've been watching him closely for a while now for a couple seasons and I've, I've just noticed there's something off about him in the way he plays it seems as if there's just something going on in his head where he he's attempting to 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 essentially he's a show-off Pretty much, right? He does everything excessively. And I don't know what he was thinking when he saw Van Dyke. Maybe he was thinking, okay, I've, this is my moment to prove that I'm not afraid of Van Dyke or something like that. Right? So and- I bring up the fact that he took out the best defender in the world for that reason. Because you tell me if we're watching La Liga and a goalie takes out Messi with a play like that, you think he's welcome in that league again? Exactly. Like, I'm not saying star players need deferential treatment. I'm saying when you intend to injure one of the best players in the world, and the no, FA... Let's not go that far, though. Well, I, I, he's the best I defender in the world. He's the best defender in the world. But regardless, he's one of the top players in the FA. And they don't, they, that. They mean, don't care. I, don't, I, I personally don't think that Pickford was intending to injure. What I'm saying is I think there's something off with him. 
So here's my problem. I I want to believe he wasn't intending to injure. Worse, as far as I'm concerned, which is even worse, because if he intended to injure, then you're, you, you, you'll try to be creative about it. Just like Richarlison on, on Tiago, right? He was creative about it. Pickford was just reckless and amateurish, and that's extremely dangerous. So here's, here's what I'll say. I, I think we probably need to end this part of it, but yeah. he was... I, I agree with you. He was reckless and amateurish. And if if we were playing football against, you know, the rec leagues we play and someone did that, that's reckless and amateurish. When you're making millions of pounds a year and you're playing professionally in the EPL, uh, reckless and amateurish, I don't buy it. That's intent. Again, he didn't look at the ball. He looked at the man and he threw himself at the man. He knew where... Um, he knew where Van Dyke's knee would be. I'm, I don't, I'm not going to tell you to watch it again because it'll just make you more upset, but he's literally looking at where is Van Dyke and he dives at his leg, scissors, his leg, both feet out. I don't know. Like that's where you and I will differ because like I said, I've been paying attention to Pickford for a while because he's, he's just, I've just been curious about his antics on, on, on the field and what he did that day is in line with what I've seen is just that it's amplified where he's just overly something. I don't know what that is. Passionate, stupid, whatever, but he's overly something. But I don't think he was like, okay, there's Van Dyke. I'm going to take him out. He was like, there's Van Dyke. Here's my, here's, here's my moment to shine. And you know what? Then he should get an even longer suspension. If he, that's, if that's he's my point. so that's my point. there's, there's literally no scenario that I can understand why his suspension would not be, message sending i mean no suspension that's that's but that's that's my point he not only did he not get a suspension like i i would have expected a message sending suspension which is we don't injure players the point of this game isn't to take out people's knees intentionally right like it's it's one of those where side intention right because again i don't want to to make any assumptions the bottom line is this is a professional league this is supposedly the best league in the world as a professional player there's no room for attempting to tackle in a way that makes no sense. That's in a dangerous way. In a dangerous exactly. way. Right. Reckless tackles happen on occasion, unfortunately. However, what he did makes no sense, and that has to be stopped. Otherwise, I mean, yeah, what's the point then? You know, well, I mean, I think... Your life is a risk when you're playing. I think we've learned the point. We've learned the point. And the point is, if you see uh, delayed offside, then you hack and try to injure another player because that's your right to do no no and i'm right. and i'm and i'm fully serious about it because for some reason and i don't understand why the fact that it was judged offside after matters in this scenario i don't understand why it matters and it shouldn't but i think every keeper should keep a bat by the post and if someone's offside take out a knee like i don't know what message we've sent like i'm the whole point ironically, is, ironically, yeah, the refs are are allowed to give red cards after the ninety minutes, right? So, so there's obviously some leeway for them to show a red card at any point while the player is on the field, right? And and I think even they are confused as to what they can or can't do. But the bottom line, retrospectively, they the FA said that because the incident was noticed by the officials, they will not intervene, which is just complete nonsense, and it just. I'm just tired of this game, honestly. I'm just tired. Like all yeah. I want to just I, I just want to watch football. I'm tired of all this stuff, all this VAR, all this nonsense about AutoCAD and which we're gonna come to, drawing lines all over the field. Just play the game, 
win, lose, or draw. I'm just sick of it. So uh, the the Van Dyke uh, injury, I, I mean, I've watched it. I've zoomed in. Um, I think the line was on the arm, not on the shoulder. Um, so what are we talking about? What are we talking about? Uh, we'll get to the end goal. Uh, the first goal, Liverpool's first goal, a thing of beauty. Um, yeah. Quite nice. Mane, uh, finally, one touch, first touch. Uh, great job into the net. Um, what do you think? you think that he intended to hit it that high, or did he almost miss? I think he almost missed. I know, me too. <laughs> but what I'll say is, it was a goal scorer's goal, which is there's guys who work really hard every day to keep that ball down and still get it over every time. And then there's guys who are just born goal scorers and they hit it up by mistake and it still goes in. Still goes and, in, just because of where he was, yes. Just No, just because of, of, like, there's just guys who just, the ball comes off their foot and wants to go in the net. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. There's, it's just those guys who, who mm-hmm. for someone else, a golden chance goes, you know, astray. And for these guys, a miss hit finds the corner. Like, but and he's just Mane one of those guys. guys because he, he does miss those, right? Which, Which he showed later in the game. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Anyway. Great goal. Uh, great goal. Um, I think the uh, the first goal for Everton, we saw um, where we're missing Van Dyke. very simply. Yes. Right? I mean, we need him in there. I'm not really sure what we do now. Um, you know. I, w- w- what I do think that we, we don't do is play Joe Gomez there. Um, if, if we're going to play Joe Gomez at all, I think it should either be on the right of the central defense or as a right back, but he, he, anyway, we'll come to Joe Gomez, but I would rather have Henderson, Wijnaldum, or even James Milner there to be quite frank with you. So I, I mean, it's all between Matip and Gomez who can play that side. I mean, Klopp will make that decision. He knows the players better than I do. Um, so I respect whichever one of them is there. I don't think, um, uh, you know, Hendo would be as good there, but just it's a simple fact we're we're missing height in the box. Um, the goal itself, it comes back to me like I'm, I I just I don't understand the game anymore. Like, you know, Fab is going for the ball and his shirt is getting pulled. Um, you know, uh, Firmino is trying to get to the ball and he's getting driven under another player. And there's a guy bumping into Allison as the ball is coming through the air, backing away just in time to not get called. Like either, either you call it or you don't like it's, I, I don't know what, like there's holding, there's pushing, there's grabbing, like you can rip a guy's Jersey and it doesn't. And, and it's not a foul. Like, I don't, I don't know what they're, I just, I don't know. I'm like you, I just, I want to see a good football game and I don't know what I'm watching anymore. And at least before all of this VAR, you knew that sometimes you would get calls and sometimes you won't. Now, you don't know if VAR is going to look at it. And even if they look at it, you don't know whether they're going to call it, even if it's in front, you know, playing for everybody to see or not. It's, it's just, it's anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm trying not to talk about VAR. I'm really, I really am because it, it's really, I've just had enough of it. Well, like, I guess the, the thought on VAR was it would come in and it would right the wrongs that we see that are so obvious like diving like like diving that doesn't do anything about like in the box 
when a guy has like, you know, a guy puts both arms on your shoulder and pushes you down so he can jump higher. When a guy is grabbing your jersey so far that like you can see down his ass. Like you would you would think that VAR would do what it's supposed Focus to do. Those. But 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 then they happen and they're completely irrelevant. Yeah, and they're just drawing lines for offsides and calling stupid handballs that don't interfere in the play at all. Like that's what they're spending all this time and money on. Things so, that are still in- inconsequential to the actual flow of the game. So it's it's anyway. So that was uh, that was a frustrating goal. So uh, again, when I saw, I, I, I guess I I've wondered, and more and more I'm wondering. I feel like the referees don't take control of the game, and I don't know if I'm imagining that they used to, but I feel like there was a time that a referee actually controlled the game, like like they would they would set the tone early to let you know that all of this rough play won't fly because by the end you're going to get guys injuring other players. You can definitely see a shift between when you watch European football. So sorry, when I say European football, I mean the Champions League or even the Europa League versus the EPL. In those games, the referee is for sure in, in control. Even if it's a bad referee, at least they're consistently bad, if you know what I mean. Um in the EPL, the referees, there aren't any strong referees anymore. Um, back in the days, there were, there were like a couple, a handful at least, that that had some type of character and personality is probably a better word. And when, you know, so um, what's, what's the name of that ex-cop that used to ref? He's bald from Leeds. I forget his name. Oh, I, I, I remember the guy. He was, he had a distinct look. Yeah, exactly. So... Even even if I didn't agree with all his calls, at least I knew, okay, he's he's a ref today. He'll set the tone and what he says goes. But now, to your point, why even have refs, <laughs> right? Well, but it doesn't right. make sense. Like, I, I remember I've seen, like, when guys are doing their shenanigans in the box before a, a free kick or before a corner, and the ref blows the whistle, goes up to them. The ref used to tell them, if you touch him, I'm blowing the whistle and I don't really care what's happening. Right. And then the guy will do it and it'll blow the whistle and you lose your chance. And it wasn't even foul worthy. It's just he's laying down the law. And they used to do that. And now they go, they admonish them for grabbing a jersey. And then they blow the whistle, the play starts, and boom, they do it again and call nothing gets called. Like I'm I'm just I don't know I don't know what the ref does anymore. I just don't know. It's anyway, it's disappointing. Uh the game itself, I thought it went nicely, it went well. I I, sadly, because we won't see it again, I thought this was probably our best lineup. I thought this was this is our our strongest. What did you think of that? It was a joy to see Tiago and Henderson on the same pitch together, playing in the midfield. I think they complement themselves uh, or each other perfectly, and and with the front three. And I don't know if you noticed that with Tiago, Firmino didn't have to drop back as much, so he was able to focus on his on what he's being paid to do which is at least attempt to score, attempt to set up plays. Um, yeah, I, so I, I did. And I what I also you. noticed between the three of them, which is interesting, is they're all trusted as a defensive midfielder. Yes. So depending on who happened to be in the middle at the time, that person would assume the defensive responsibilities, and it was very seamless. Right. Because you have Fab, you have... 
um, Tiago and you have Hendo. All three of those guys are money. Exactly. And and it'll be interesting to see what role Genie plays or even Keita when they're, or even Ox, or in fact, any of the other midfielders. It'll be interesting to see what roles they play when they come in. Because I, I do get the sense that even though he's young, Curtis Jones would have no problem playing that role. He's, he seems to be a very good, well, he's obviously skillful, but he's also very disciplined as well, and he listens. Um, but with the other midfielders, it'll be hard for them to adjust to to doing what Fab, Thiago, and Henderson did on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, they are who they are, right? They're mature players. Exactly. And so, um, you know, Curtis Jones has a chance to kind of grow into it and, and will listen better. And his skill set isn't as... Uh, I don't know if I want to say finalized or whatever it is, but it's still growing. Defined, yes. Yeah, it's not as defined. That's that's the word. So um, you're right. In in a way, I think, um, again, Keita adds a lot of uh, creativity going forward. Um, but I, I, I still come back to, I think this was our best midfield. I mean, you know, um, Tiago and Hendo add great creativity going forward. And we've seen that Fabinho needs to be respected for his shot. He tried a couple from outside. I mean, they didn't work. That's fine. But teams need to know they need to stay close to him. So all three of them are fantastic coming back and are a threat going forward. And and you can't have more than that. And it's just the the combined footballing IQ on on, on, on display, right? You know, yeah. to me that's a huge part. Henderson and, and Tiago, they just know what what the occasion calls for. Right, so if they were playing, I know it's it's hindsight, but if they were playing, Aston Villa never happens, right? Because agreed. First goal, second goal, third goal, you know, things would have changed on the field. They would have changed what needed to be changed, in in a way that our other players may not be the best at, unfortunately. Yeah, and and now unfortunately we won't get a full year of our best lineup. Uh, simply because it looks like uh, Van Dyke is out. So it would have been uh, a lot of fun to watch that. I wonder if we'll see any change um, in I, terms of how we play. I'm actually I'm actually quietly confident that I, I think as as unfortunate as as it is, I think it's things like this that make or break a squad and and it shows club who his players really are. Right, so imagine if we can pull through and actually win the league this year without Van Dyke. I think that's huge. So, so I I think I will agree with you in one way, which is I think this year will be the deciding year for Gomez. Yes, I mean I've I've already made my decision on him, but yes, I agree. Um, we'll we'll come we'll come to him because I don't know what he was doing for the second goal there. In, in fact, he wasn't doing anything right <laughs> for the second goal. Um, and the reason why I said I prefer Henderson, Milner, or Wijnaldum is at least they would have done something, even if they're not the best headers, they're not as tall, but. Yeah, come on, man, get a grip. You're you're a central defender. A ball is coming in. You know that Calvin Lewin is amazing in the air. Do something. So he may he may be still young and lacking that um, quick recognition of this player is good at this. This player is good at that. Because I've noticed at times when a guy's bearing down on him, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, oh, this guy's got good footwork. He needs to be careful. And um, he doesn't kind of realize that the guy is going to put a move on him where he should recognize the player and say, I need to be careful of his feet. I need to be careful of him in the air, everything like that. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's 24 now, right? Um, he is, but I, I will go and defend 
him on the second goal. So the second goal was actually not his fault. I don't, not at all. So I'll tell you why. It's his fault, but it's because more of him. He had no, he had no good choice. That was the problem. He had so um, the guy Matip was on. Uh, there was a guy goal side of him, and Robertson, his man who scored, there he was goal side of him. So there were actually two guys that he had to cover because Matip and Robertson had actually lost their guy. So if you rewatch it, you'll see that again he needed to shade at least a little bit to the guy that Matip should have been covering because if it was a short pass, that guy has an open break. So just a question, because um, sometimes it's hard to tell with the angles, but if Van Dyke was there, do you think he would have been able to head that ball and prevent it from reaching Calvert-Lewin? Mm. Or was it too high? Well, he would have had a better chance than... You know what? I'm going to tell you right now because I'm going to watch it in super slow-mo. No chance. No chance. Not the angle it was coming in. I just rewatched it. Nobody was getting to that. It was it was dipping fast. So if Van Dyke had been standing in that position, he would have had no chance. It was it was originally I was with you. I'm like, what's he doing? But then when I rewatched it, I realized that he had a man in front of him to cover too. So um, yeah. Anyway, I mean, perhaps I'm 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 being hard on him, but he, he even just watching him, his body language just seems off. Right. No, so totally agreed. In the field, if Matip was there, even Dejan Lovren, at least, I don't know. It just looked as if he had just given up even before the goal was scored. And I don't know. There's just something, something's not quite right there. So I would agree. Something's not quite right. If you asked me right now who I'd rather have on the field, I'd rather have Lovren on. Uh, Matt, I can't believe I'm agreeing with you, but absolutely. Something is like, I think Gomez has all the talent in the world, but there's something, I think there's a mental block of some kind, a mental something. And I don't know what it is. And I don't know if it just, it hit him harder in this game that big brother Van Dyke isn't there. I don't know what it is. Um, but he looked, and he has looked the whole season a bit off. So um, that's disappointing. Um, so what did you think of the Tiago tackle? I mean that that happens, right? Um, reckless, but that's a typical red card. You know, you see them every other game and they suck, but it is what it is. Um, I don't know what Richarlison was even dreaming of with that, but I I I think there was some malicious intent there. So here's a question for you: So you have two injuries essentially. Tiago is marginally injured. Is this something that the FA needs to come down and say, okay, the coach is suspended for a game? No, you can't do that. Why not? What's the justification? Because they were injured or because of the reckless tackle? Because there are a lot of reckless tackles that happen every game that don't make contact. right? So and, and I'll tell you why. Because there are teams that play and it's it's not a secret that they know they're not as good. So they're just going to try to impose their will and like physically. And they get reckless and they get dangerous and players get injured on a continuous basis. And so um, I'm wondering if maybe it needs to be a case where, you know, the the coach is punished if his players go too far. Question, not a not yeah. a statement. Yeah. I don't know. No, no. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I agree with the principle of what you or the 
desired outcome of what you're suggesting. I, I just, I'm concerned that, I mean, the FA can't even handle VAR. Can you imagine if that's true that kind of rule, they'll be just suspending all kinds of coaches all over the place. Right. So yeah. Um, what they need to do is, is take firm action against say Pickford, Richarlison, you know, so, so three match ban is not good enough for uh latent red because there are degrees of reds, right? So Richarlison's, I mean, I think that one is, is a three match ban for sure. Right. I don't think it, it, deserves anything more because three games is quite a bit maybe what they can do is they can change the rules from three domestic games to three premier league games right because usually when the fa cup or the the league cup is 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 in the mix then it, all of a sudden you know you'll see richarlison playing next game right because there was two games in between that oh yeah no no for sure they need to, it needs to be three epl games yeah. i i would say for a direct red i would say maybe four or five to make it a real punishment Three games it depends is on, on what is for. I agree. Yeah. But in the case where you know like in the Richarlison case, he knew what he was doing and he knew what he was going for and he knew it was the ninetieth minute and he knew it was the end of the game and he knew his team wouldn't go down for it. So it was with full intent. Um I mean we won't even talk about the Pickford thing. But uh no, I mean I, I don't know, I find those frustrating. Again, it's one of those where I don't I don't know why the FA doesn't look at, you know, finding a way to prevent those things because all you're really doing is you're losing talented players and you're, you know, turning the game into a hack job. I agree. So if we compare this to what happened with Luis Suarez, right? The ban that, that he received for um, say, making those racist comments against Patrice Evra. He was, what was he given? Eight months or nine months off? I don't remember, yeah, but something, something like, like that. that. Right? Yeah. And lo and behold, that doesn't happen as much. It, it, well, I'm sure it happens, but we don't hear it. But it, it's it's for sure it's reduced, right? If not eliminated. Nobody wants to be out for nine months, right? So I agree. There is an opportunity for... Four months. Four months. Well, not four nine months. matches, four months. Oh, okay. There you go. Okay. Um, yeah. So there is an opportunity to set precedent when there's extreme reckless behavior right so to me that's to me that's the pickford tackle to me you make an example of him you say he's out four months and good luck to all the rest of the keepers well or players period right um well but i think your point is true keepers are a lot more um you know wild when they come out but i just but it's a controlled wild right so if if you're going for a cross you know that there's a chance that the goalie is going to clatter you. And you accept that because you're a striker. If you're doing what Van Dyke is doing, you're not expecting the keeper to go for you, like aim at your knees like that. It, it, it's just makes no sense. You know, you, you he wasn't like he was in front of his goal. And so Pickford is just spreading himself, making himself big. I mean, he, he rushed out and lunged at his knees with his groin. I mean, it just makes no sense. I, I, uh, anyway, I... I yeah. So... Madness. Uh, so of course we can't end it without talking about the goal that was no goal. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of the, I mean, first of all, it was a beautiful play. Yes. Um, to negate, be honest, yep. to be honest, watching it for the first time or watching it in real time, I actually thought it was offside, right? With the naked eye, the way the play was progressing, I thought it was offside, right? 
But the fact that it wasn't called, so four or five years ago when there was no VAR, I'll, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if I saw the, the linesman's flag go up, right? But it didn't. I'm like, okay, perfect. We have a goal now. The fact that they introduced VAR, drew a line that hit his elbow, and still called it offside, just... I'm not even angered. I'm just lost. I, I, I don't understand the, the game that I used to love anymore. So what I would say is to me, the best uh, indicator of offside is, you know, it wasn't an offside when nobody on the team that got scored on is asking for an offside. It's one of those cases where there's 11 guys on the pitch, there's a coach and none of them are saying that was offside. VAR doesn't need to be involved. There is no VAR. The fact that VAR drew the wrong line is, you know, yeah. I, I don't even know what to say. Like, it's supposed to work. We've come back, we've had this discussion before. If you need AutoCAD to figure out who's offside, it's onside. It's not exactly. supposed to be millimeters. It's supposed to be right. clear and obvious, and that was not clear and obvious. But to me, the indicator was nobody on the field thought it was offside. Nobody was screaming for it. So it's, it's to me, like if the players, the players know when it's offside and when it's not, let's be honest. So for them, they didn't know it was offside. It wasn't offside, but I don't know again. Right. I mean, retrospectively, I don't know what you do. If, I mean, again, it had to be clear and obvious error. That was not clear and obvious. No. And, I don't I, like. I think that whole clear and obvious thing is out the window, even though they keep saying it. But you know, there's no evidence of them actually using that principle. But we've talked about this before. The original intent of offside was to prevent people from goal hanging, right? So from your striker just hanging, chilling in front of um, your the, the opposing goalkeeper's net, right? That was the original intent, right? And so over over time, defenders have come up with strategies to to catch players offside all all as part of the game right and sometimes if it if there is daylight or or inch or few inches uh, between the forward and the defensive line then there's an advantage so if there's no advantage and the player is not even coming coming back from an advantage um, situ- um position What's the purpose of calling onside, especially when we're supposed to give the benefit of the doubt to the attacking team? You, you know, there's no advantage involved that, that you now have to revert the goal. Just allow it to stand or change the rules. Because as far as I'm concerned, if I had my way, I, 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 would, I would have no offside at all. You know, I don't understand the purpose that it plays in the game anymore. Just allow yeah. people to stand wherever they want to. If you want to keep your striker in the opposing half, feel free. Right. You know what? And and that's the sad thing is VAR came in to help fix the offside mistakes. And now we're at the point where like VAR has screwed it up so much that do we even want offsides anymore? Like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm so again, I'll tell you, and this is one of those things where, you know, the FA needs to, to be very aware of this. You know, I was watching the game with my young kids and they are, um, again, they're very young. They're two and four. They're finally starting to understand that, you know, they, they, I mean, they watch the whole game, which is great because they've been doing that with daddy since pretty much they were born. Um, they're, they're understanding the game enough that they know, they knew Liverpool scored and that was right at the end of the game. 
And I even sent you like a mini video of them cheering for it. And it was adorable. And then now I need to explain to a two and a four year old why Liverpool didn't win. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, he was behind the defender. And my daughter's like, no, he wasn't. What, what, what do I tell a four-year-old who can see with her own two eyes something that VAR isn't seeing? Like you're turning people off. And, and you know you have to you have to teach them to to wait until the the opposing team kicks off before they can celebrate. Because that that's actually what I do. Like when Liverpool scores, I just wait. Okay, is Everton kicking off? Oh, I guess it was a goal. But by then, I I, I don't care about celebrating because you know the moment has passed, right? And so is is is, is this what it's come down to? Like, it, 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 is this the new normal for football? So I've already told you, they have enough money. They can use radio frequency indicators, put them in jerseys and shoes and, and shorts, and you get an instant offside response. I'm just, I don't even know what else there is. Um, that's if there's any value in having the offside rule to begin with, you know? So I think you know what, what they need to do. I, they need to revisit what's the purpose of the offside rule. Well, there was value in it and we all liked it until VAR decided to do whatever on earth they decided to do with it because they have absolutely butchered it. And yeah, like I'm, I'm literally freeze framed on the, on the money thing. And I'm like, it's, he's just not offside. Like, I don't know what to tell you. He's just not. Has anybody actually explained why he's offside? Cause I'm confused because now there's a rule about the sleeve and you know, so I, I, I honestly don't understand the game that I'm watching anymore. That's why I'm frustrated. I don't know the rules. Or, you know, is it offside? Can somebody explain why why it's offside? No, of course not. It's not offside because... This game, then? I don't so know. the reason it wasn't overturned... Um, or sorry. No, it was. The That's reason, the whole point, right? Right, sorry. No, I'm saying the reason it wasn't subsequently anything was said about it is because they don't want to comment on whatever calls have been made on the field. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Uh, let the me good thing is that Liverpool has, has asked for an official explanation. Good for them. You know, teams should continue to do that. Just call them out. Like, no, you know, because they have whole departments pay, that they're paying to come up with analysis and ways to beat the offside trap. So in order to beat a trap, you need to know the rules around the trap, right? So yeah, they should come out and explain why that was offside. And well, they should explain it to the public because as far as I'm concerned, you know, they shouldn't even be, be, showing all those lines and, and Stockley Park. They shouldn't be showing that. They should just tell us, oh, it was offside. And then we'll take their word for it. But then they're showing us the lines and they're wrong. They're just... So what... what their, their judgment. Sorry. What on. I will say is, I think as a, as a sum total, I think officiating has... Um, ruined the game and i i know that's a bold statement but like i i watch like for example richarlison um took out um tiago and laid around on the ground rolling around even though he hadn't been injured it took him three minutes to get off because he was walking back and this and that in the olden days you would have seen a ref say okay 15 minutes of injury time for that instead they played six minutes three of which was taken up with var so Bad behavior is not punished. Pickford's bad behavior is not punished. Good goals are turned into offsides. Like, like refereeing is gotten to the point where I feel like I, I, I mean, I don't want to watch these players, you know, beat each other senseless, but 
I don't, I don't, I don't, I want the referees to do their job or get out of the way. Like, I don't know what they need to do, but this is not a game that is entertaining to watch. Yeah, I think it's a failure on the part of the leadership. So the FA, whoever is running the referee organization there in England, because you can tell the referees aren't really sure how empowered they are or are not. Last season, they were told not to use the monitors. This season, they're told to use the monitors. But they're always just going to just assume that VAR will make the final call. Like the whole thing about the, the linesman not raising the offside flag until God knows what. I mean, I, I just don't understand. I, I, I just don't understand this game. Well, but didn't but didn't I call it? Didn't I say, yeah. what happens when there's an yeah. offside yeah. and the play goes on and a guy gets injured? <laughs> Who who gives us Van Dyke back now? Because it was an offside. So if they had just blown the whistle, we would still have Van Dyke. Yeah. Either it's like you can't you can't do this play on thing for of course, and it had to be our player that got injured from it. I've been saying that for for since VAR came out and they started to do this delayed offside thing. It it just makes no sense. Anyway, it's it was it's egregious. This season. It's even worse this season. It really is. I think I think Sadly, I suspect that the referees are just as confused, but I also sense that the players are clearly feeling much more empowered. There's a lot more diving, a lot more um, whining, a lot more gamesmanship happening that isn't really being handled, as it were. And and I don't know exactly why that is. I don't know if you know they've been received instructions for it or what, but it was uh, it's it's not helping the game's popularity. At least it not in my household where, you know, the kids get upset because they thought Liverpool won, then Liverpool lost, and I can't adequately explain to them why. <laughs> I'm just glad they weren't watching when uh, Van Dyke got his knee taken out because how do I explain that one to them? <laughs> so uh, do you have a man of the match? Mm, I thought, well, Thiago in the second half for sure. Um yeah, I'd say that. I I I say Thiago. Yeah, I can buy Thiago. I thought he played well. Um and and again, I think he's everything he was advertised for the team. I oh, think Absolutely. Yeah. You the, know, uh, the main concern now is keeping him fit. Well, I mean, if you don't have idiots like Richarlison diving at them, um I think you're fine. Well, not just that because he does he doesn't have the best injury record. So there may be something going on there as well. So let me ask you this. Richarlison knows the game is 2-2, wants it to end 2-2, knows he's going to roll around on the ground. Does he take that shot at Thiago knowing he has an injury history because Everton seems legit this year and he wants to take a chunk out of Liverpool? Was there more thought to it? No, I don't think most of these players are that premeditated. I think, I mean, the... The Merseyside derby, especially at Goodison, is always kind of like that. It's all there's always ridiculous tackles flying all over the place. It's just that in recent years, Liverpool has been so much the better team that they haven't been able to get under our skin or even to 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 pull off those tackles. Um, but they, you could tell, they really believed this was going to be their their day and uh, to beat Liverpool. And I think they were just all emotionally riled up. Well, I mean. Uh, I mean, they got a point off us, which is uh, good for them. They took out our top defender, which is also a plan of theirs, I'm sure. They're attempting to injure. Like, again, two tackles that attempt to injure, 
that's when you start saying, is it really that coincidental? Um, I yeah, don't want to kind of said James Milner doesn't <laughs> make reckless tackles like that too. You know what? James Milner is a seasoned professional who makes reckless tackles. I mean, Messi called him an ass for a reason. Um, but I can't remember the last time someone missed games because of a James Milner tackle. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. They're they're not clumsy and they're 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 done in a way that he makes sure he gets all of you, but he's also not going to try to take out your joints. He's a professional, yeah. He he'll make you hurt, but he's not he's not trying to I I would say he'll make you sore. He'll make you sore. There's a difference between sore and hurt. Sore, you can yeah, right. yeah, like he makes you sore. The next day you will know that he fouled you. Yeah. Whereas Van Dyke will know Pickford fouled him the next year. Hmm. There's a big difference. So I, I I don't know. I'm again, I I I watch the game for the love of the game. I I like watching the best players, whether it's Liverpool or someone else. Um I I don't like seeing this uh cavalier way of um you know, playing where you can take anyone out and do anything. But then again, it does remind me of when was it a couple of years ago, Man City and, and Liverpool, when Salah had the break and company went foot up high up in the air and it was a yellow. Right. I mean, there's, there's you know, maybe we're, we're romanticizing it thinking that this is a new thing, but it's really not. They don't know what a red is and what a yellow is for many years. It's definitely not a new thing. It's 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 the Pickford one that I just don't understand. The Richarlison one I'm fine with. It's a red. He'll miss three games. We move on, right? But the Pickford one makes no sense on any level that he didn't get a red in the game and he wasn't given retroactive punishment. So I wonder if he wasn't given retroactive punishment because if he was, then it would mean that Liverpool would get a penalty shot. You mean after the fact? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think anybody does. That's the issue. Except whoever's making these rules um, in the FA. So um, one one question I wanted to ask you was, I think going into every season, we always say that we needed an, an extra center back because Gomez and Matip can't be trusted to be fit. And until this season, at least, Dejan Lovren should not be anywhere near um, the first three choices. But we we never buy anybody else because we, we assume Van Dyke will be healthy and available every game, and then we just need one of Matip or Gomez to be fit. Now, the, the worst-case scenario has happened. I'm curious to see what Klopp will do, not just in January, but going into next season too. Um, I have not been a fan of the strategy of just trusting and, or assuming Van Dyke would be available because... To me, it's either he's available or he's out for like a season, right? And we 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 ha- we don't we don't have any contingency for him being out for an extended period of time, which has now happened. So, so I, I I think it's about the money. I don't think it's necessarily about, um, you know, that we didn't want to get somebody. I think we just didn't have the money to go out and get another player. We have, I mean, our our wage scale is astronomical. So um, there are players you, know, you can get that you don't. Like I'm not talking about getting Kulubali or anything like that. I'm saying just get somebody that is has a good injury record and is halfway decent. So what I would say is, 
I never thought I'd say this, but I I wished Lovren could have been subbed into the game. Because you yeah. know Lovren by the end of the game would have made sure that someone's ankle needed to be taped. He would have he would have taken a pound of flesh. Yeah. And you know, like in the olden days, it used to be if you injure someone on our side, one of your guys isn't walking home. Right? Like, like people used to know that if you know, it's it's a gentleman's game and all. But if you do something as reckless as Pickford, then we're going to do something as reckless to you. And then Pickford's going to have to deal with that because he knows it's his fault that you, his own player got injured. Like, that's where a guy like Lovren comes in, where he's, so, uh, yeah. What What do we do in January? Well, do we trust Gomez and Matip? Assuming that they stay fit between now and Christmas and they're playing extremely well, what are we doing? Which would be which would be a huge if, because um, no, I mean that's my point, right? So obviously, if they're injured, then of course we're going to go and buy a defender. But I'm saying the reason why we're in this position to begin with is because they took the chance and assumed that Van Dyke would be always available, always be available. So, so my question to you is, if Joe Gomez and Joe Matip are available between now and Christmas and playing well as a partnership, what do we do in January? No, I think they're going to go out and they're going to get a defender now. An experienced one or a young Yeah, they're going to they're going to go buy an experienced free agent. That's probably what oh, they're going to well, do if now. It's free agent and they don't have to wait till January. They can No, that's what I mean. I think they're going to go pick him up now oh, and and that's okay. what their plan is going to be. That's it. So, you're saying that we shouldn't trust the likes of Reese Williams and Nate Phillips. Nat Phillips, I should say. No and no. What I will say is I want to see Kometio play. With who? Uh, I guess Matip probably. I mean, the guy's turning 18 soon. (laughs) 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 So, you know, he's ready to go. Yeah. Honestly, you know, the way I see it, if if Allison... And I think that's the key thing too. If Allison was available and fit, I'm okay putting anybody in the back and just trusting that our midfield and our attack will do what they need to do. Similar to what Man City did last season. I'm actually okay with that. But the issue is if we're missing Van Dyke and Allison, that's a huge problem. So again, I come back to not not that I I know you've already decided on. Uh on uh what's the name gomez but uh i i think this is the chance for gomez to prove that he's you know the level of player that he thinks he is and that we want him to be um see that's the thing i don't think he thinks he he is i think that's the issue i don't think he thinks that highly of himself and I think which I which may be the case but this will be the chance for him to find out yeah and if he if he can't solve his mental block this year then he will never solve it he will never solve it at Liverpool, at least. He's still young enough that he may be able to go figure. Maybe he needs to move back to London. or so. Who knows what the issue is, right? Well, I mean, the problem is that if he doesn't believe in himself, then he will he needs to partner with a top player. Right. And if he needs to partner with a top player, he's not getting anyone better than Van Dyke. And so that's why I'm saying he may never be the player that he could be. I see. Um. But I mean, Matip's bound to get injured again. Gomez. Yeah, I think they're already saying that he's questionable for Wednesday. 
so I mean, I guess, I don't know. You maybe go back into your, your squad, your, your academy squad, and you start scrounging around for players. What else can you do? And I'm actually I mean, okay with that. Sep, right? Sep is not okay. Sep Vanderberg is no, not okay. He's not like I'm not even considering him one of the younger center backs. He he's he's so not ready. No, even though he's probably the the older one. No, actually, I think Williams is older than him. Williams. Williams is Reese Williams. Um, he. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's he's okay, but I think there's impro- there's improvement, and he looks like he's a good learner. So I think he'll be able to come and do a job. The same with Matt Phillips. They'll just be steady. And that's all we probably need. And we will concede goals, and that's okay. Right? So the important thing is, can we score more? You know what I mean? If it's Nat Phillips. If you if you had to ask me right now, I'd probably say Nat Phillips over everybody else for the simple fact that, as you said, he's steady. Yeah. He's not going to blow you away. He's not going to do the greatest moves ever. He's not going to set the world on fire, but he's steady. You put him next to Gomez, who has that great speed. If he can figure out his mental block, you've got a decent back two. And you try to ride that out and and tell your front three, including Firmino, <laughs> that he needs to start scoring. <laughs> I mean, I, I know Firmino's been told not to, but I mean, with uh, with the players they have, you know, I, I think, what did you think at the end of the game when uh, when they substituted Firmino out and brought Jota in and moved Mane to the middle position? Yeah, um, I would have preferred to put Jota right in the middle. And I noticed there was a couple plays where Mane ended up going to the left and kind of muddling with Jota. Um, <laughs> yes so, there was i we 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 all remember that one yeah so i think Mane was doing a good enough job on the left i think they should have just kept that going him and robertson and then just put jota in the middle so but, the crazy um, part is a lot better than we do well but jota did play in the middle when he was on the forward line for the wolves he played in the middle um when he played up front it was in the middle so why wouldn't you put him at the position he's played in more often? When he he when he was on the side, he was in the midfield. But when he was on the forward line, it was um it was in the middle. So I, I guess I thought he would come in in the middle. I was looking forward to that, but I guess not. We'll see. Um hopefully, hopefully I, I don't know. Between him and Firmino, I I would go for him just because I think He's got more potential. I don't know what's going on with Firmino, but it looks like we're going to be conceding a goal or two a game at least, and we just need to put up more than the opponents. Yeah, and and as long as Thiago's playing, I'm okay with um, Roberto Firmino because, like I said, he wouldn't have he won't be coming deep as much, and he can just focus. And I think he now he knows the pressure is on him. Um, he he seemed a little bit more tuned into the game on Saturday, even though he didn't score, but at least he 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 looked like he knew he had to be involved and not try all these little flicks and play like he was on the beach. Well, I guess we'll see. Uh, the next game coming up is the Champions League. And, uh, and Sheffield United. Yeah, Sheffield United, who I would assume has now been figured out. Rooster. So, yeah. So it, it should be. 
um, I guess we'll see what happens. But anyway, so this game is uh, over. It's shaken my faith in football in general. Definitely, I don't know what the FA is doing. Um, and I'm sad about Van Dyke, but I guess we uh, we plug on and we see what we can do. Yeah, and I'm 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 optimistic that that this team will dig deep and they'll they'll pull out of this and they'll take this as a personal challenge to themselves to prove that they can retain the title in spite of all these uh, VAR decisions and injuries going against the way because that's what we were accused of last season. So 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 I think this will be the making of this team. For more stories, analysis, and articles, go to the ForensicCop.com website.